All right, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. This is the one after UFC 245. Ed Carball Hall here, as always, with Matthew Hawkins. Uh, returning this week, we have our special guest, uh, Ray Robles, who's helped us get in a lot of interviews this year. Um, Matt was at uh, the event this past weekend. So uh, what's up, Matt? How you doing? Survived. <laughs> Survived the uh, the quick Vegas turnaround. Uh, always fun. Always exhausting. Uh, especially when there's good fights, makes it fun. I uh, was actually gifted a hell of a pair of seats for the fight uh, right before the event, which uh, was unexpected and and made it a, a, a special experience, uh, even for somebody who's been to as many as I have. But um, but yeah, just fun. Uh, I know we're going to get into that. We got our guest, uh, Ray, here, who just came back from Vegas last weekend, right? Uh, working, a, uh, working a show out there? Yeah, I did the uh, Amazon uh, Web Services uh, replay uh, corporate party, and um, oh, wow. they, they turned it they turned it into the Intersect Music Festival. So I had like uh, I was working with Foo Fighters, Beck, Casey Musgraves, uh, Anderson Pac, um, and a lot of their um, art like installation like game things that they had out there. I was uh, lasers and pyro special effects on, so it's pretty cool. Keep what forgetting exactly? you're a rock and roller. Thirteen, day, 13 days out roller. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've heard you mention that a ton and, and we've never really talked about it, but what exactly do you do for that? I don't, we don't need to go too deep, uh, but what exactly do you do? I'm um I'm a production manager uh, for, for the company. So like if you have like, let's say an artist, like um, we'll use for instance, like the UFC, UFC comes up and they say, Hey, we have this show going on. Um, there's a production going on. They talk to our producers. They sell them a package saying that they want to include lighting, uh, not lighting per se, but like lasers, pyrotechnics, uh, uh, CO2 effects or confetti or anything like that. So they talk to me between myself and, and their team. We kind of like figure out what the, uh, the, the arrangement is like, what exactly needs to happen. I advance all the gear, make sure that my team has it prepped and ready, make sure we're all in the same thing, get all power in there, situated, get them onto site for whatever show it is. Like, like UFC, set it all up, run it, break it all down, pack it up and take it to the next thing. Cool. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. So, um, did you get a chance to? You, you you caught some of the fights over the weekend, Ray? Yes, I did. Uh, the card was actually, you know, I mean, you know, online there's a lot of like negativity about the card. Like, I feel like there's like people saying it was like a boring fight. It was long. I mean, I'll say that it it, it was it was uh, a little bit long. And Matt, you were there live. Yeah, I was there live, and I got there. Uh, I got there about three o'clock. First fight started at three fifteen, and it didn't end till almost eleven. So it was it was bordering on almost an eight hour event, which. Uh, which I tweeted long. out. I tweeted out kind of a joke. I mean, I literally had the beer vendor in my aisle sitting in the aisle next to me, uh, threw his hands up in the air and basically said, "Screw this!" I, I'm after about seven hours of walking up and down the aisle selling beer. He was done. You know, he, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. rough for me. I mean, you know, I I got to stay up late and watch the press conference and stuff, and I do that seven takeaways editorial for every event. So that one, I didn't get to bed till four o'clock in the morning that night just because of how long that went. Um, but. It, I feel like it's funny because, like, for us as, like, MMA fans, like, how many times have we done, like, a, oh, this fight is on, now we're going to turn around and watch, like, some Japanese card, 1FC or something like that. Like, no problem, no hesitation. But if that one card runs real long with a lot of decisions or something, all of a sudden we're like, this sucks, you know. We can't do eight hours in a row, you know. Yeah, but, yeah I that, mean, that, was, that was a tough one, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, luckily for the card that there was some spectacular knockouts, a lot, some highlights, yeah. so it kept going. It, you didn't feel like you're, when you were in the event, like this is super long until kind of the end when you saw um, – it pretty much kind of hit me about after the uh, the second main card fight, the, the Marias Aldo fight, when you're going – it's it's we got – most most people thought that uh, the last two, the, the Holloway Volkanovsky and um, – and and Covington and Usman would would likely go the the five rounds, yeah. um, and, and then once the once the Nunes fight went five rounds, you're kind of just going, holy hell, this is this could turn into this could turn into a marathon. But I mean, that's just to complain. It's West Coast, uh, and when you're sitting in the arena, it's a little different. You know, when you're at home, you can get up, stretch, go walk. You know, and, yeah, and yeah. You're, you know, you're invested in in more in the arena. So, but the the night was great. Um, Prelims were really exciting. Uh, Brandon Moreno, Kaikara France, uh, was one of the highlights of the night. A back and forth war between the two guys, uh, both uh, 125 pound flyweights, a division that's uh, still in limbo in the UFC. But um, you know, I, I've been critical of that division historically. I've never been huge on that small of male fighters, 
but uh, I can't. I, I mean, I can't complain. You get guys like Horiguchi and and some of these other guys who really go in there and throw it down. Um, mm-hmm. Both of those guys deserve to be fighting on the on the top platform in the world. It's a tough sell. I mean, I think. I mean, it's it's obviously that stigma for a long time in MMA when you see a dude walking in weighing 125 pounds, and I'm I'm looking at it like God, I got. I got like 14 year old kids in my, in my gym on my competition team who are fighting at the 140 mark, you know, so they're, they're heavier than these adults by 20 pounds themselves that people feel like eh, I could take them. I, I think it's the, that stigma of like, if they're big, then they're badass. You know, the heavyweights are always uh, the, the, you know, the larger fighters are always there because people feel like the smaller guys, like I could, I could take, I could take a, a, uh, uh, in a fight because he's yeah. so tiny or whatever like that. But I mean, those guys are beasts. I mean, I you know, I've seen a lot of like you know one thirty fivers, one twenty fivers in person. Those guys like you know they're tough. I mean, they cut yeah. to that weight. That's what they weigh in at. They're fighting at about one forty five themselves, so they're still not off that. You know, I mean, they're they're, they're talented fighters. But I agree with you. I think it, it is kind of a it's difficult to sell. I think customer, I mean, you see a lot in the women's division too. Like the, the fighters are smaller fighters. It's hard to sell them as world beaters when anybody feels like I could pick that, you know, five foot one person up and shake him like a kitten, you know? So yeah. I feel like that's the thing that guys are like, come on, get out, get out of here with that one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Actually one of the fights that was, uh, I think it was a fight past prelim, Brandon Moreno's fight that he won. Uh, uh, I forgot what was the name of his opponent. Kaikara France. That's the fight that we're that's, yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that <laughs> that one's uh that one's the the well. I'm, I was messaging you about the echo we're getting. I don't know if you close. Somebody's got a YouTube window open, and, and I'm getting uh, feedback on the echo. Um, but um, yeah, no that that fight was definitely one of the ones that uh I think even they even said during the broadcast that it's uh you know it's one of those fights that reminds you of why the lighter guys are fun to watch. Yeah, no, exactly, and and that's the point I was making is uh, when when, those, when guys like that throw down and you see their toughness, it it helps with the stigma that that Ray was talking about them being the smaller guys. All of a sudden, they're they're, they're a tough son of a bitch. They're not just a hundred and twenty five, hundred thirty five pound yeah. dude. All of a sudden, you're going, holy crap, man! These these guys are are, are warriors. So that's the kind of stuff. Uh, I mean. Again, I keep going back to me being so old school and being all heavyweights in the beginning. So I'm a little bit that that's just what got me into the sport. So it's taken me some time to adjust to the smaller that I've always been a fan of the cruises and Fabers. So it's kind of weird that extra five, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. Uh, but, uh, it, I, I know, uh, I think you're a big fan of Demetrius Johnson, correct, Ray? Uh, yeah, dude, he's awesome. I mean, and he, he's the, I feel like at his weight, because he's the one guy at that weight who could also just knock somebody out and sleep guys. And I think that's a big thing. Like, I, realistically, like when, when they're ultra heavyweights, they don't have to be big. You can see a heavyweight fight end in 13 seconds and the best guy doesn't necessarily win. Cause when you're swinging that much weight around a good solid connection, will put a guy out. And there's been oftentimes where people call it upsets, but I'm like, yeah, two big dudes swinging. Whoever's, you know, gets the first punch is there. And when they're really, really tiny, people feel like, Oh, they have no power. So there's like, you know, beating up on each other super fast, but no one's going to sleep. So, I mean, I, I feel like everybody kind of thought like the best technical fighters were between 145 and maybe 170. And I, yeah. I know for a long time that 170 division was was fire. But Demetrius Johnson was that dude that knocked dudes out, submitted guys, just out grappled, outworked them 100% of the time. So I'm like, I think he is like by far probably, I mean, hands down. I mean, people talk about pound for pound. They always put like a John Jones, like that. Hands down, Demetrius Johnson is, is, has got to be the best fighter. If you, if you made him a heavyweight, he would be the best heavyweight. Light heavyweight, he would beat John Jones. I mean, if you make, ex- expand him and stretch him to whatever size, he would be the best fighter in that division, bar none. So I, I definitely feel he is the best like fighter on the planet. Um, yeah. This easily. So, yeah. But yeah he's, one, he's a beast. One of the things about, I mean, talking about little guys and, and the whole situation where, where people underestimate them or, or maybe they're not that popular, a lot of people were making us think about uh, Aldo's weight cut. And uh, that fight was probably one of one of the better fights from the yeah. card that, that, you know, folks were talking about. You know, Aldo didn't come off as weak looking as, uh, you know, people were making him out to be. I, I mean, I honestly saw. Like, uh, I, I think I tweeted something to the fact, or, or I, I at least thought it to myself. I'm like, he looked like he got that eye of the tiger back because that fight, I mean, the back and forth between him and Marlon, the fact that they want to do it again, there's talk of them doing it again, shows you how much, uh, how close that fight was and how much 
what people perceived as a bad cut for Aldo. I mean, I don't like the way he looked either, but that fight was still, I mean, that was definitely worthy of being on a pay-per-view. How, how old is Aldo now? He's not very old. Um, let me pull it up. I think he's only in his early 30s uh, still, which is insane. Um, but uh, let's see. He's been around for forever. <laughs> he, he's 33 years old. I mean, I, I kind of feel like he's at that age where, like, he's losing, like, that like that weight, natural weight. So he's getting to that point where I feel like he's he's starting to trim down where that weight cut – when you get to your thirties, it's almost like when you're in your twenties and you have like that bulk weight, like, you know, when you start getting older, it's easier to kind of lose weight in that sense. So I feel like this weight cut's not that bad because he's not trying to, you know, keep up all that extra muscle on here. Cause like, man, God, you remember when everybody was trying to make him fight at 155? Like move up to yeah. 155. You know, now like that 135, I didn't look I looked at him and I was like, he looks lean, but I mean if I, I obviously diet wise or whatever else, he looks pretty good in that sense. So I mean, like I, you know, thirty five might have a, a, a big future for him there. Yeah, if he can keep his weight in check and, and doesn't fluctuate too much in between fights, uh, obviously, you know, he looked great. Um, he fought Marlon Marais uh, right in the middle of the main card. Um, two of the – I mean, Marais, one of the one of the young stars of the UFC right now, um, coming off a tough title loss to Cejudo. Uh, I, uh, I mean, we'll just talk about this fight and we'll, we'll backtrack a little bit. But um, I, yeah, I we, did, don't, we don't have to talk about every single fight. We'll just go over – yeah, 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 no, I got gotcha. you. But um, the uh, the reaction, uh, being in the arena, I personally scored it 29-28 for Marias. Um, I know that Dana White didn't like the scores. Uh, the arena didn't so much, but the arena was heavily pro-Aldo uh, from the start, so you don't get a really clear read there. Uh, I mean, other than it being a close good fight, did you guys have any problems with the scoring? Uh, I mean, again, maybe subjective. And I think from what I like listening to the fight, I do feel like the crowd, like you said, was obviously very pro, although you being there, I, I thought Aldo did enough to win. I, my own personal take, it, it, it didn't, I was like, Oh, Aldo won that fight. When they said Marais, I was like, okay. It, it wasn't like as big a robbery. I think as like the online people were kind of making it out to be, but it definitely, you know, I, I thought Aldo won. You know, I mean, like it's one of those fights that when you hear the other person winning, you're like, well, that's why you don't leave it in the hands of the judges. Yeah. You know, you kind of go that route. But it wasn't one of those things for me that I felt like he was so like, you know, far ahead that it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you know, it. Wasn't one of those kind of matches. But uh, it definitely I thought that Aldo won the fight. Yeah, you know? I am. Um, I honestly it was tough to call. And then when they showed the uh, I mean, I was watching it on the screen. I'm, I'm sure they flashed it across the screens inside the arena, Matt. But uh, when they were showing the like who landed more and stuff. I was like, okay, maybe uh, this is going to be closer than, than, than it looks. But from my initial assessment before I saw all that, I also thought uh, Aldo won and I'm a Marias fan. You guys know that. I mean, I, I yeah. uh, you know, he's from out here in Jersey he trains at Almeida's or I think he said he moved, but I mean, as far as I know, he was part of that whole Northeast crew with all, you know, Almeida's and Henzo's guys and all that stuff out here. Um, but, and I'm a fan of all those guys. So that even with that in mind, I was kind of like, man, like I said, I just saw I saw the old Aldo in there that I was that you know leading up to it. I'm like, oh, maybe this guy should hang it up. And then during that fight, I was like, yo, this guy's not not done, not nowhere near being done fighting. <laughs> so no, I don't I don't think he's near being done. Yeah. If I, when you top, I always get uh, confused when fight fans uh, want to uh, try to knock somebody into retirement when they're losing to like top three ranked guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you lose to the top three ranked guys, you very well might be the fourth ranked guy in the world. So I, I don't, you know, obviously if, if brain trauma and injuries start yeah. adding up, that's that's a whole different story. But uh, losing decisions to guys and stuff, uh, you know, keep fighting. If he's good at the weight, great. If he wants to go up to 155 and maybe finds a fight with Connor out there, or something, you know, floating around for him, then, uh, then good for him. But, um, you know, just a couple other notes from the prelims that really jumped out. Matt Brown returned. Uh, avoided some early submission attempts by uh, another veteran, Ben Sanders, uh, and then crushed him. Kind of the way I thought the f- thought the fight would go. Um, yeah. Did you that, see that, that fight, guys? Uh, was what was Sanders trying to do? I uh, he, I know it's like a triangle, but he has his arm involved in it. It just seemed like. I mean, I don't want to. I, I I never would want to doubt such a, a high ranking black belt like him, especially with some of the stuff he's pulled off in MMA. But it seemed to me like he didn't try to pull the arm over for the triangle. Uh, it's hard to do off. when you're getting smashed. 
but, that, but he wasn't getting smashed at that point. This is early in the fight when they're both dry and he takes him down. He, he pulls guard and basically throws him into an instant triangle attempt uh, or, or something else he was trying to do there. I, I'm I'm going to say I've known Ben a long time. Ben uh Ben's from Orlando. Um, went to uh went tra- started training at the Gracie Baja here. Moved down to South Florida to go to um what do you call the spot? Uh, American Top Team. Um, and now he's like he he's still ATT, but he he does a lot of stuff with uh, uh was it is it Henry Hooped is his coach and, and obviously Eddie Bravo. He does a lot of the uh, the tenth planet stuff. Uh-huh. Um, ben, Ben's a buddy. I've known him for years. We worked in the same like bars and clubs in downtown. Super like, hung out a bunch. Super nice guy. Um, I. And again, I know you talk about like guys, like they're losing fights. You never want to be like, you know, it's time to hang up. I, I wonder if when Ben first started, you guys remember like Ben first started, he was like just elbows and knees and knocking dudes out, you know, uh-huh. and, and he was like kill that way. And then I, I feel like lately, and this is my observation of his fights, I haven't had a chance to, to, to talk to him. Like I saw him after one of his wins not too long ago that he had, uh, he was in Orlando at a jiu-jitsu tournament. And we we kind of caught up in like shooting shit for a while. Um, but he, uh, he, he like, I personally feel like since he's been with Eddie Bravo, he's really trying to push and associate more with that, like that 10th planet style, which is cool. I mean, that it's great and everything. I, I don't know if like, I feel like I would want, I want him to get back to more of that bread and butter. What he was, he's a devastating striker, excellent kicker. At that point, I think he's kind of gotten, he's fallen in love with that, that grappling game because he's got, he has attributes in that, you know, to, to do that. But I, I feel like, I don't know, like watching it, sometimes I feel like in, in the last few of his fights that he's had that I've seen, I feel like he's left himself exposed in, mm. in key critical moments, which have left him to take the punishment, which has gone to you know the downside of fight. Now, that's just obviously my opinion, outsider opinion looking in. I mean, I don't know what his mindset or what the game plan for him yeah. was at that point in time. But I do feel like I kind of – Matt, I agree with you there where I feel like there was a little bit of exposure happening where maybe – and it gets, I mean, from what I heard, because uh, another good buddy of mine, um, um, uh, Matt Arroyo, who's uh, the coach at, at Grace Tampa South with, with Rob Kahn, and, you know, you saw him promote uh, Billy Q the other day in a cage when he got his yeah. black belt. Matt, Matt's his corner guy, a, a tough alum, a UFC alum. Matt fought, uh, 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 Matt Arroyo fought Matt Brown twice and said, that guy hits the hardest he's ever been hit in his life by anybody. <laughs> so just hearing that from, from Arroyo saying that, I mean, that means that, it, when Brown is hitting, that changes the dynamics of the fight a lot. That's how he says how hard he is. So, I mean, that could be one of those things where, you know, Ben, unfortunately, I mean, watching him, he's, he's absorbed a lot of damage in, in a lot of his fights. He's been like TKO'd, beaten in some fights. Like so it might just be one of those things that his switch is just maybe a little bit easier to kind of hit now and, and you know, kind of put him out. So maybe it was like a key critical moment and mistake. But I, I don't know necessarily know like what was happening in that instance, you know, it, you know, mm. but I agree. I, I feel like there might've been a critical error at that point, or, you know, he should have, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Got back. I, I feel like he, I feel personally, I thought Ben has way better hands and kicks and everything than Matt Brown. I feel like he should have pieced him up on his feet a lot more, but that's just me. I mean, you know, I mean, again, the game plan, that's his game plan was, I guess, to grapple him a little. So, yeah. Uh, talking about game plans. I mean, I, I know we're jumping around the card, but one, we do have Ray here. You know, who's a grappling coach, and and, and uh, we always bring you on to talk jujitsu and stuff. I'm sure. I think you even you even chimed in with one of my uh, when I was uh, tweeting during the, during uh, Amanda Nunez fight, um, and and obviously uh, Matt was there, but I was getting frustrated watching that fight because I was just like in the first round, I saw at least or first and second round, I saw at least two choke attempts that she set up that she kind of just let go, and I was just like, you know, I was just like. I, I was frustrated watching it. Like, why didn't she finish it? Then she confessed afterward during the press conference that she actually wanted to go the whole five rounds, especially having such a strong first round um, against Jermaine Durand and me. So I don't know, as a, as a fellow grappler, you watching that fight, did you see the same thing and, and ask questions or was it frustrating to watch for you? What was your yeah. take on that? My, my, like my jujitsu, like when I'm coaching, like, like jujitsu tournaments versus like looking at MMA grappling, I, I always subjectively, like my, my mindset, I tell the guys like, you know, in MMA, I never, I would never ever go for submissions. Don't go 10 seconds left in a fight. You're up by a million. And mm-hmm. this guy, you, you've worn him out to it. Go for it. You know, at that point, you know, but it's, you know, I, I praise all those phenomenal grapplers like Crone, like Damian Maia, like those guys who can find that submission in the fight early. Awesome on them because they, they are next level with that. But I mean, 
I've always, I've, I've felt the same way. There, there was obviously wide open opportunities. And mm-hmm. if that was what her game plan was, risky. I mean, my personal yeah. opinion, risky. If, if, if you get to a dominant position where you absolutely can finish that fight without burning yourself out, you know, pepper up a little bit and finish that. I would have looked to, I would look for that. Even just, to, even just to, like psychologically getting her head like, damn, if this one takes my back or puts me down, she's going to choke me. You know, um, I feel like that's, that would have been better for her. If she was worried about maybe like she didn't have the position and she wanted to like maybe gas her out a little more before going for the kill. Okay. But I, like you said, I, I personally, like if, if you got the back, you know, we're actually just joking about it. Like tonight in training in my gym, someone asked a question about like, you know, one of the kids in a kid's class, you know, was <laughs> talking about the, like the rear naked. We, we, we were just working on a sequence, defending a takedown, getting to the back, getting, you know, hooks and rear naked choke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they asked like, you know, the choke, we had an old t-shirt at our gym, when in doubt, choke him out. You know, and those other things. So I just kind of feel like it's one of those things. Like, yeah, you get a chance to jump on a person's back and choke them out, put them out. That's the best spot in the fight. You know, put them out and choke them, punch their head a bunch of times. I don't know why certain people feel like they want to go away from that. I mean, for for Amanda Nunes, I know I know people always do the what if game with her as a fighter, talking yeah. about, yeah, oh man, she blitz Cyborg, she blitz Ronda, she blitz you know everybody. She's she's just dogging everybody. Yeah, but can't she last five rounds? Yeah, I've always laughed at that from MMA fans because if I can knock you out in ten seconds consistently, why the yeah. hell do I got to go five rounds? I'm trying to, I, yeah. I'm gonna go relax and chill out. There's nothing that says like it's it's a pri- we're the prize fighters. You're trying to win a prize for fighting. It's not like defending honor or, or holding off the hordes from you know taking over your your country. I'm yeah. gonna to try to make money on this, so I'm gonna knock you out, put you out fast, get a highlight reel, yeah. hit the bar early i mean that's it's like a yeah. dinner time so i'm surprised that she didn't try to like finish her there okay risky because you never know you might we've i mean how many times in mma have we seen a person completely up coasting and then next thing you know that person turns around at the end and hits them with that one shot and you know you know you know shoney carter's them yeah yeah i <laughs> know so, yeah. yeah. yeah, when she's when she admitted that at the post-fight presser i was like okay now i'm not so bothered by it but like you said, man, I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, all, and, and, you know, I'm three hours ahead of, of Matt. Like, yeah. it was already starting to get late, and I was just like, come on. Like, because obviously the other two ones went to, uh, you know, to the, to the judges and stuff, and I was just, or sort of, not really. They went to distance almost. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah. I was just like, damn, man, like, come on. Like, like the, when she, because she sunk in an arm triangle and let it go and kind of did neon belly on her in, in the first round, and I was just like, I was like, "What are you doing?" And then obviously she took that up kick, and then uh, that that uh, weird triangle attempt that she got her head squeezed in, because um, mm-hmm. she said in the post fight presser she was like, "Yeah, it looked worse than it did. It wasn't bothering me at all." So I'm just like, "All right." I mean, still, but you 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 look like that up kick, you know, jarred you a little bit when when she got caught with it, and then everyone was getting excited for that for that uh, that uh, armless triangle, whatever Jermaine Durandamy tried to do, but. Um, I just was curious as your take on it because I know you, uh, you and I were kind of like are liking each other's tweets during yeah. that part of the fight, but I was just like, man, you know, I don't know what was uh, what was the vibe in the arena, Matt. Well, my take on it is that Amanda came out, stormed her, uh, used up about ninety percent of her gas tank in the first round, punching uh, a lot of elbows and shoulders and a lot of blocks uh, on the ground. Tried a, a guillotine choke, tried a head and arm uh, choke. Um, seemed to me like she was pretty tired after that. Again, I I got a different perspective. I'm just Mm -hmm. catching small glances on the screen and, you know, just trying to read the the fighter's uh, vibe from as close as I can. Uh, Seemed like she was really tired to me. Um, And once you passed about the midway point of the second round, seemed like we kind of turned into a little bit of lay and pray on her part. Um, In the second round, she took some big shots. She almost got knocked out by a flying knee. Um, Yeah. So she showed her chin. Um, I didn't know that she was going to be able to go five rounds. Uh, if she fought like that against somebody like uh, a Holly Holm or somebody who has some su- decent uh, takedown defense, I think Durandamy might have the worst takedown defense uh, I've ever seen uh, in a championship <laughs> fight um, yeah. in the last uh, 17, 18 years of MMA. Uh, but, I mean, she literally didn't stuff – I think she stuffed one, maybe one takedown attempt, and, and that uh, might have even ended up being taken down again 30 seconds after she stuffed it. So um, – I, I, if she fought somebody uh, bigger, uh, like a Holly Holm, and didn't land that big knockout punch, um, 
now the whole fight would have been different. She probably wouldn't have taken down home. I mean, they fought, so we can kind of look at how, how she, mm-hmm. how they, they went at it. But, um, if Durandimi could have fought off a couple of those takedowns in the, in the late third, fourth, fifth round, I think she, I think the title was there to be taken. Uh, I think Nunes was slightly gassed and, uh, you know, she can say she wants to fight more rounds, but like Ray said, that's not there. I mean, that's cute to say when you go five after you've gone five rounds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. think she, I don't think if she would have won by 30 second knockout, she would have went to Joe Rogan and said, I'm kind of bummed. I didn't go five rounds. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's just the truth. So, but a big win for her on the prelims, uh, Irene Aldana uh, got a big win over number two ranked Caitlin Vieira. So that might be her next opponent. We'll see yeah. what happens. Aldana came in ranked 10. So it'd be quite a jump for her. But when you knock out the number two contender, you jump up in, in a division where uh, Nunes is basically uh cleaned house. Mm-hmm. Um, also then moving to the next championship fight, uh, Volkanovsky pulls the upset off of over uh, Max Holloway, uh, Dominant decision win, um, at least on the scorecards. Uh, not the most uh, – I mean, there was a lot of punches thrown. It was, again, it was a tough one in the crowd to judge because they were both throwing punches, and it's hard – when you're watching on TV, it's much easier to see who's landing strikes. Um, the, uh, the downside on watching on TV is you get a little bias commentary, so I'm not sure what the uh, what the announcers were, were coming across saying. Um, sometimes they'll jump on a fighter and, and really ride them out and, and lead them yeah. to really dominating. Well, that's um, a good thing about watching it in a bar. You don't hear all that. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that you kind of get it because you get yeah. the great view. I mean, as long as you don't have some moron you know, yelling yeah. in, your, in your ear. But um, that happened. Kick off. Yeah, yeah oh, no. we, got, we, we got that about 15 yeah. seconds into the event yeah. on Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, but anyways. Uh, Someone Volkanovsky- screamed that in the Nunes fight, I think. I- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing but uh but yeah volkanovsky uh australian champion uh big for that part of the world now that they got him and and uh, israel city uh, kickboxing yeah you know yep. I, I mentioned to ed on the last show that uh if it went to decision that uh I can see Volkanovski winning. Obviously, he do- he won the fight, so it really wasn't any controversy. Uh, but we're already seeing what we talked about: there being a rematch in Australia, uh, likely in a huge stadium, uh, to to sell that fight. And uh, I'm sure Max wants the title again. I, I'm not ever a big fan of huge instant uh, immediate re, uh, rematches. I love mm-hmm. to see yeah. guys get some fresh fights and kind of get their momentum back uh, because I feel like if Max goes out there and loses again, yeah. uh, all of a sudden he's Jose Aldo, uh, essentially, where he's now he, what he's going up to 155 and he's flirting with the bigger guys. And we saw what Poirier did to him. So uh, I just feel like there's other fights and. Uh, just jump around, but uh, I mean, Volkanovski did his thing, and uh, it's kind of cool to see a new champ. Yeah, he looked great, and, and, and the hard part of that is that that Max has kind of been on that point where he's nearly cleaned out the division himself. I mean, so like you get those fighters, they get in those positions where it's like, well, what do you do with them? Do you you do you have the immediate rematch because there's kind of no other match to make, or you let that guy that like Volkanovski run through everybody that he hasn't fought yet, or the guys that Holloway's already defeated, you know? But then it's like, then you either tell Max, hey, you, would you consider taking like a super fight up at 55 or would you, I don't know, like, like you know, I mean, Max at one point, didn't Max talk about being a three-division champ at one point? Wasn't that something he was like, everybody says they're going to be like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ever since they started champ champ nonsense, it's been, that's been a hot trend, I think, in 2019. Yeah, we're going to fight everybody. But I mean, I know he, I mean, obviously he took the stab at 55 and it just wasn't his day. I mean, I, yeah. I think he, like, he could have beaten Poirier, it, it, you know, it just wasn't his day, you know in that fight. But, um, but I mean, I mean, if he wants to give a dance there, give him a chance to kind of, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things where like fighters, the older they get, the more they've done it. It's like, you either want to stop cutting all that weight or you're losing weight more naturally. And then you could, you know, shrink down easier or your body and your diet changes. Max doesn't look like he can cut much more weight as like a walking skeleton anyway. And, and I'm always worried about his brain because he had a, several issues with the, uh, yeah, so so yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where you know it's it's you know he he should kind of start looking for other other avenues or something along those lines. But um, but yeah, I mean, he got beat. I mean, like I, I thought he lost the fight. There's nothing to me that I you know that's one of those fights where when I saw it, I was like, oh, he lost. You know, yeah. <laughs> I thought Aldo won. I thought Max lost. Max lost. Aldo lost. I mean, but you know, so. And at that point, I'm like, it was, uh, it was, it was a good fight, but definitely, I thought that he just got outworked in that fight. You know, I'll just throw this out there, and uh, 
he might be he, he'll have some size on Holloway, but not a not as not a ton. He'll have some height. Uh, but what about a one fifty five fight with Nate Diaz? I Nate Nate will maul him. Nate, <laughs> yeah, Nate will yeah. maul him. You think he maul him? Yeah, and you know it's funny. I don't think like from one of the last signs I heard. I don't speak for anybody, even though whatever. I don't know if Nate wants to cut to fifty five anymore. Like no, I think he probably he, he probably doesn't. It just seems like stylistically that would be a fun fight. It, it would um, be a fun like yeah. You look at those things. It would be a fun fight. I would I would like to see Holloway go fifty five against Connor. I mean like hey if we're gonna, if we're well, doing they, yeah. it yeah you know, let's 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 you know throw hands. It's it's just I mean kind of one of those things. You know I think he'd have a a, a good scrap with him. Um, you know I, I I definitely think that I feel like there's more fights at fifty five for for Holloway than there are for him at forty five right now. Um, you know that's yeah it should be fun so, uh, plus the uh the, 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 the thing with him, the, the history he and having connor and and the the eyeballs and asses and seats that they would get i mean obviously that that's that's one that's got to get done they're one and one against each other so i have a feeling we're gonna see that we'll probably see that maybe in 2020 maybe in july you know international oh you're talking about diaz yeah, Diaz and uh, Diaz, Connor. Diaz. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that'll probably be one that'll eventually happen. Uh, you know, you mentioned Connor. He's obviously got his fight with Cowboy coming up. Maybe if Cowboy loses, Cowboy and uh, and Holloway's not a terrible fight either. I mean, yeah, yeah. all these guys are going to have some size on them, and yeah. if they decide to kind of wrestle with Holloway, it, 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 you could turn into a mauling. Um, but it, if you get a striking bout, I mean, Max obviously he hung with Poirier, so if yeah. he hang with, with that beast, he, he's going to be able to hang with a lot of these guys. Like I mentioned about yeah. Diaz, he might have a little too much and, size. It just stylistically, you think of that Rock'em Sock'em Robots potential, yeah. potential yeah. of that fight. And the, and the thing with uh, that fight with Ho- uh, Holloway and Volkanovski is that's another one that that right after during the post fight presser, that was another one that they were chattering about doing it over again. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't mind seeing. I mean. Being a longtime fan, I mean, I, I like to see convincing finishes, you know, submission wins, knockouts, or complete dominance over uh, a few rounds like Nunes did to Durand and me. So I'm like, all right, you know, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, that would make an argument for a second one. But like you said too, Matt, that's definitely something like uh, I, I don't want to see it right away. I'd like to see them mix it up a little and, and you know, some someone pick up wins elsewhere to, it kind of builds their brand for that rematch. Exactly, mm-hmm. but but the money's there, so it's likely the fight we'll see. Uh, brings us to the main event of the night, the welterweight championship of the world, Kamara Usman, Colby Covington. Uh, I said it on the show. I thought these were the top two uh, welterweights in the world. Um, after the fight, I still believe these are the two top welterweights in the world. Uh, I expect that we'll see them likely fight again sometime in the future. Um, really a good fight. Uh, was worried it was going to be a, a boring, sloppy fight. Uh, both guys striking was really, you know, this wasn't K1. This wasn't glory. But uh, for two MMA wrestlers, it was really a, a, a show of heart on both of their parts. I, yeah. I, you know, we, politics, all that all that crud aside. Uh, Two good fighters that left both left their heart in the cage uh, on Sunday or Saturday night. Yeah, and if you remember uh, when we were doing our uh, predictions for it, uh, when we had Simon on last week, I, I had said uh, that I think their grappling pedigrees are going to cancel each other out, and it was just going to be a slugfest, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, obviously, Usman came out on top, um, which I, I I figured he would because he had the edge, and, and I, I know um, Ray uh, kind of agreed with me when I tweeted that out. Um, so yeah, I mean that was uh, I, I I don't want to say it went as expected because it was like it was a barn burner. I honestly I I I didn't have a, a winner. I couldn't pick who was winning if 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 the finish didn't come. That's where I was. I I I thought I mean it pretty much I think went by the script. The one the the X factor. I mean this fight was a fight based on X factors, and we talk. I, I mean I think in the, in the MMAC community we we're talking about it. And other people like. It was one of those things where we knew the wrestling was going to be solid. You know, we knew that wrestling was going to be rock solid. You know, we knew they were going to be there doing that. So, um, and like you said, it's going to cancel each other out. Usman had a definitive striking advantage, I think, in that mm-hmm. fight. He's stronger and stuff like that. The big X factor was could he keep his like like I and we talked about this in the in the past about other fighters and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of that. I I <laughs> it's going to sound weird. I love Connor being Connor. I hate everybody else trying to be Connor. 
And that's that's, that's one of the big things. You know, you have those really good smack talkers out there, guys who could do it well. Like, you know, Chael always did it well. Connor did it well. Even in that weird way, the Diaz brothers in that mumbly kind of whatever way, they're trash talking the way they approached the situation was very like, okay, you guys are real. Like uh, Jorge Masvidal, he's, he's good at the way he delivers it as well too. Everybody else is like a cheap Connor knockoff. Colby found his way to get under the skin of Usman and, and a lot of people. Um, I mean, a lot of people. Uh, so, but he found that way. And so my big thing is like, can't Usman – you could tell at certain points in the fight, Usman was like so – like there was like shots that were just missing. Like Colby was mm-hmm. just – but Usman was just going for the fences. Just, like, just like throwing big punches, like going like mock 10 at them, really trying to dig in at the shots. And I'm watching now. I was like, all right, this guy, he's either going to burn himself out or he's going to put him out one way or the other. I was actually surprised, and I will give credit where credit's due, that he pieced up Colby pretty bad, busted his mouth up real bad. Yeah. I was shocked that he didn't put him out earlier. That's the thing. Colby looked like he was on skates and he was, he was done. Usman looked a little tired at certain points. Like, Oh, he might've like, you know, blown his load here. Like, you know, like going for, you know, going for, you know, everything mock 10. But when at certain points like, no, he's going to be all right. He's not going to go out. I personally thought watching it, I was like, man, like, how are you not putting this guy out? You got him. You got him dead to rights. You can finish him. Are you playing with your food? Are you going to try to kill him here? You don't don't mess around. Don't lose that. Don't lose that Diego Sanchez decision to somebody that, you know, you busted that guy up and bloodied him up, and now you're going to let him come back in the latter rounds and beat you. You know, so I'm glad to see him win. I'm glad to see Usman. I, I, I really like Usman as a fighter. I think he's going to be tough to beat. I, I, I You know, his wrestling is just, a, a you know, unless like a George St. Pierre or somebody comes back or if, if Khabib, wants to, Khabib wants to move up and wait and, and, and fight him, I don't, I don't necessarily see – anybody right now currently i don't think colby might have been like the only chance to to beat him i don't see anybody Mm -hmm. beating usman for a minute you know there's some guys upcoming but i think he's going to be sitting pretty bad for a while yeah he's definitely going to be the guy at 170 i think yeah i mean i i like i said i think these are the two best when you when you throw the wrestling in there i think most of them probably these guys can probably take down the majority of the rest of the division in a fight where they're either forced to go for the takedown or that's just the game plan. So I think that that's huge in their favor. The one factor, and obviously we've had him on the show and we're a big fan of him. I've always said is Steven Thompson. Mm-hmm. Now I, I it, it, his takedown defense is really good. Um, if, if you kind of consider Usman, maybe Woodley 2.0 in, in a sense, um, yeah. It's not a terrible matchup. I mean, uh, uh, Wonder Boy went 10 rounds with Woodley, uh, had a draw, and then had a really close, lackluster, but a close decision loss. Um, mm. His style is kind of the uh, X factor for me in that division if he were to able to get there. Had he not been knocked out by Pettis uh, with that crazy Superman punch uh, last March, I think that would be the fight we'd probably be seeing right now. Um, maybe not with Mastodal. Leon Edwards is in the mix. Another guy who, who had some 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 skills to that, that weight division that could be interesting. But I think these are the two best guys. Um, I hope Covington heals up. Um, maybe we drop some of the over the top shtick. Um, he can, he can be a fan of whoever he is politically. All that stuff's cool. Uh, some of his stuff was a little bit, uh, obviously a little cringy. Um, we can all agree on that. And like you said, he's not the best smack talker in the world. If that's what he needed to do to make money though, we talked about it being prize fighting. Good yeah. for him, man. He got yeah. paid. He was top uh, earner on the card with Usman did what he had to do. I'm yeah. not sure what his contract status is, how many fights he has left. Um, but I think now I think he earned respect even from people who kind of yeah. hated him. Um, they can still hate him, but I think now you kind of go, okay, well, he, he's not quote unquote a pussy and all, all that crap yeah. that yeah. Fan, you know fans were spout off. And I know me, I wasn't a huge fan of Usman. Uh, I was rooting for Covington going into this fight. I'm not going to deny it. I, I, I had met, I've met Colby at a fight. Uh, was a cool dude. Chatted with him, so I have a little bit more of a personal perspective um, than than the. And, and I've met people who know him, so I've been told kind of behind the scenes. Same thing with Chael. When Chael was yeah, hated no, by definitely. everybody, I met friends friends of Chael, and they all go, hey, he's like the nicest guy in the world. Our kids play like, with him. Yeah. 
you know, so I, I've always, and being around the sport, as long as you guys have as us, we know the promotion. We know the way yeah. that, especially Dana White and the UFC can sway things to, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not just well, UFC. Pride had you believing uh, Rampage was a homeless dude knocking people out in the street. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's kind of a weird, weird thing that if yeah. you're new to the sport, you don't pick up on it. But, um, well, again, it, it, it's definitely one of those things that, that, if if all that cringeworthy stuff you said, and I know people, there's people back and forth to, you know, on Twitter afterwards about, oh, I don't want to hear that he was tough and he toughed it out with the broken jaw. And it's like, all right, well, whatever he did, he did enough to get eyeballs on him. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, there is a, somebody put a video out here when he fought in Newark of a fan that he talked to out, out in, um, over here in the Prudential Center. And the fan actually says to him, you know, I wish you would, you would do this more publicly. And and you, and so folks got to see that the the nice side of of Covington. I mean, maybe he wasn't the best at it, but he did what he had to do to get his name out there. And now folks, you know, love him or hate him, you know, the same thing. Like not, not that there's not that many people that like Floyd Mayweather, but they'll you know they'll still tune in, and and that's the business side of yeah. it. And you know what I mean? They they got you interested, and uh, you know, but you you can't be uh you can't personify the character he was trying to be and hate him back. You know, it kind of makes you look bad too. But yeah. I mean. And we'll we'll leave that where where that is. But uh, we didn't bring Ray on just to talk obviously UFC stuff. Um, uh, big year in jujitsu. Uh, uh, obviously, we're coming towards the end of the year. Two of our guests actually, Ray helped hook up uh, hook up uh, to come on the show. Aaron Harp and uh, Billy Q. You just mentioned alluded to it earlier. They both got their black belts uh, this year, and uh, congratulations to them. And uh, yeah. last, last week, I had one of my training partners on, Simon, and. Uh, Simon and a, and a guy Nate who uh, when he, when he starts competing again we'll probably have him on too he does fight to win pro and stuff like that they got their black belts in the same night so December December just seems to, I mean the 2019 in uh, in the world of jujitsu and grappling just seems to I don't know man the growth of the sport when I look back at when I started and and you started uh, earlier than me Ray so yeah. I mean I mean what stood out to you this year as far as uh, uh, the whole the growth of submission grappling events and jujitsu like. What was the biggest thing that stood out to you? I mean, obviously this year you're remiss if if we don't talk like ADCC. I mean, this mm-hmm. year's ADCC was phenomenal because it was definitely like several massive things happened. For, like the rise of the black belt killer Nikki Rodriguez out of uh, you know the Don or her desk squad gym there, Henzo's. I mean, a blue belt at the time. You know, a lot of people are like oh, but he was a division college wrestler or something like that. He's like, yeah, he's he's only been training jujitsu for like a year and a half or something like that, you know, and, you know, a couple of years or something, if that, you know, and I mean, beat, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali, he beat uh, uh, Orlando Sanchez, beat Cyborg, you know, silver medaled in the, in the heavyweight division, plus 99 kilo, uh, uh, kilogram category in his first ADCC, which is hard. I mean, that was incredible um, as a blue belt. <laughs> so this yeah. just beat just beat Loot Rockhold in um what was that in Polaris Polaris yeah there, yeah you know so he went out there and did that so that was I mean phenomenal so I mean he's he's a, a like a massive megastar upcoming and just watching that meteoric rise at, at ADCC was incredible um of course looking at the kids looking at uh, uh Ty Rutolo, sixteen years old I mean sixteen years old blue belt going to the finals facing Cobrinha's kid who's like twenty one I'm like. Look at these kids like, damn, can you imagine, like, Nikki Ryan, Nikki Ryan <laughs> yeah. fighting, the, like, like, look at these guys who are, like, 16-year-old, and, and, and like, Ty Rotolo went and fought Wagner Rocha in, um, in a fight to win and beat Wagner, you yeah. know, so you're like, you know, I mean, I beat him, outpointed him, and, and so I'm sitting there like, these is, we got 16-year-olds I got to watch out for now. <laughs> like, yeah, man. insane, but those guys, like, that ADCC was a jump-off point for so many, and, and I think, Obviously, the the top of that is where it just solidified Gordon Ryan as the best no gi grappler in the, in the world. I mean, looking at Gordon, yeah. I mean, he's gone out there and beaten everybody double gold. You know, beating Buchecha, beating I mean, just going through his whole division, it just just incredible. You know, and you know, it, it, his what uh, under ninety nine kilogram category, and then doing the uh, absolute winning that, setting up that super fight if Galval decides to stay around for the next ADCC coming up in a couple of years, setting up that super fight if he takes it. But, man, it, that is, to me, it's, it's incredible watching these young guys between the age of 16 and 23 just revolutionizing the sport and submission grappling, beating all these top veterans or guys that we've known who are either MMA stars or former champions and stuff like that in the IBJJF. And, 
and other stuff coming up. You know, looking at Gordon, Gordon had a great run winning uh, his match uh, at Quintet Ultra this weekend again. I mean, the guy's yeah. just been on the air. You know, he's on he's on submission on the ground coming up against Gonzaga, and and you know, it, which which is like a squash match. Like you know, <laughs> he, he's a guy that you know, I mean, Gordon Ryan. By the way, if you're not following Gordon Ryan's Instagram and Twitter, he is hilarious. You know, him yeah. his girl his girlfriend everything like that. He's hilarious because you talk about that Connor S trash talking, but here's a dude that does just, does not lose and he's doing it, you know? So you just got to look at him like, damn, you know, I guess you could talk that much trash when you have that many wins under your belt against top grapplers, yeah. you know? But I mean, I love the fact that not only are we seeing the young talent coming up in, in, in submission grappling and BJJ, you're also looking at events turning around and, and there's an influx of a lot of promoters who are doing it right between fight to win, between how ADCC and Seth Daniels got, like like did the production on that, how the quintet, how Polaris, how all these yeah. these stars, submission underground. Uh there's a gentleman named Alex that, you know, uh, I've met and helping him out here in, in Florida who has a great event you should look up called Substars. It's a phenomenal event. He's uh he's he's awesome. He's he's actually talking to me. I mean I don't want to spill his beans because I'm not at liberty to say what he has coming up, but he's got uh-huh. some top line grapplers. He's put together some great matches. He does those tag team matches. Which, have you seen those? Yeah, I those love them. Awesome. I love them. They're tag on the development ground uh, this weekend, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he does these tag team grappling matches and stuff like that. I mean, he's doing like there's so many great events that are now kind of in the pipeline and great young grapplers out there that I think that the the money to be made in in submission grappling, which is why you see, I think I, I don't know if it was you guys or somebody else, that somebody brought up why we see it might have been on the uh, the MMAC on the ground. Someone said about. Like, why are all these jiu-jitsu players coming in now later into MMA? You see these guys who are, like, in their late 20s, early 30s. And I'm like, well, they're out there chasing the prestige of winning those IBJJFs and stuff. But mm. there's also guys who are going out there making 10, 10 20 grand now a weekend to yeah. an event and win. So it's like, hey, you're telling me that I don't have to get beat up and, you know, do all this yeah. like I could grapple. So it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not like that multi-million dollar money, but – if they if they parlay it like a Gordon Ryan parlays it into into uh, uh, DVD sales and and seminars and private lessons, all of a sudden like you know Gordon brags about he's a millionaire, you know, and, those, and some of those guys make a lot of good money out there. I mean, they can make substantial substantial cash in these events. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a phenomenal year in grappling. I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up next year. Next year, ADCC trial in November, the first one North America trial. I'm going after it. I'm going up there and be like. What the hell? Why not? You know, let me go out there and try it. I've it's it's been I've been talking about doing it. it's one of my my grappling bucket list things. That's to have ADCC. You know, maybe maybe the universe smiles at me that day and I get super lucky and uh you know beat Craig Jones and you know make it to yeah. It's funny you say that because uh, the uh, the other black belt from my school that got his black belt this month, Nate, said he's you know he's he's young, uh, and he says why the hell he said screw it up. I mean he's competed enough in his life. And he, yeah. He's like, he said, I'm going to do it also in 2020. That's, that's his goal. So I'm looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. But yeah, I just feel like when I look at, when I just, just in reflection, when I look back at, you know, like it, even to find a place to train was so hard to eat when I started, you know what I mean? And now, now my instructor always says that when he does promotions, now you can throw a rock and hit a jujitsu school, you know, versus, yeah. versus, you know, having to drive an hour or over an hour to get to someplace decent and or legitimate to train at. So it's just been a crazy year. And I just feel like, the, I mean, the, I don't know about you, but between, uh, uh, you know, with Aaron and Billy and, and the folks that I know around here that got their black, I'm like December, something about this December is like, a lot of a lot of people got their black belts this this it, month. It's the end of the year. It's always that winter belt ceremony. Yeah. Look, uh, it, technically, I'm looking up. I'm looking at the date, December seventeenth. So I got my black belt December twentieth, twenty fourteen. Mm. So I'm coming up on that fifth year anniversary right now. So it's like you know, it's it's uh it's awesome. I you, you think you you know done something for so many years. It's always that good end of the year kind of thing. There's been a lot of phenomenal. Yeah, like I see a lot of uh, a lot of my friends' gyms all over Instagram and different things. I'm seeing people get promoted, and you know, there's been a lot of a lot of big promotions and, you know, that, you know, happening, which is always killer and, and amazing, especially see those next level of black belts get out there. Just the, uh, the IBJJF no-gi worlds just happened. And we saw some 
phenomenal young grapplers win out brown belt, uh, absolute division, and you know get promoted to black belt. You know, see like some beasts. So, I mean, there's a lot of like young talented, great phenomenal grapplers that this is a time of year after a bunch of events and, and training. This is their year that they're like, you know what, you, you've made it, you made your mark. You know, here, here's that belt. You know, so you know. Pot of beans to all of them. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So that's that's, uh, that's good, man. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of them, man. There's and there's a lot of great upcoming events. There's a gentleman I was, I was mentioning before. I just literally talked to him. I was out with my team this weekend um, uh, at, at a, a tournament, a Newbury tournament, uh, coaching a bunch of my team out there. Got my kids did well. They're doing awesome. Gearing some of them up for Pans in California in February. Mm-hmm. But um, but what do you call it? Uh, one of the guys out there I talked to, Dan Martinez, he was telling me about his year, how he was like a last-minute replacement to go do uh, ADCC. And he uh, bumped up a weight class, fought Vinny Magalhaes because he, uh, he, he came in second in his division. Yeah. And then he, went out, then he went out there and just won uh, the Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds, Eddie Bravo staying at middleweight. You know, so I was like, talking to him, and we were, we were reflecting back in the year and grappling. I'm like, dude, Dan, you've had a monster year. He's like, yeah. dude, yeah, he's awesome. I got you. Talk to Aki, he's, he's super cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of great events, a lot of great things, you know, between combat jujitsu really coming on strong between, yeah. I, I've, I've appreciated fight pass. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a fight pass subscriber, but I appreciate how, uh, my friends who have it or are in the flow grappling and stuff like that, you know, looking at watching the events, like all those quintets of Polaris's, all those yeah. major events are out there. There's a lot of awesome events and I just, I'm, I'm loving how it's really shine a light where people are really focusing on wrestling and jujitsu again, because I think it's, I mean, it's still, no matter what it, you know, it, as you're talking about, uh, um, uh, oh my gosh! Why did I forget a name? Uh, Nunez opponent, Jermaine Durandamy. Uh, um, her takedown defense is awful. Energy too, by the way. So, that's <laughs> to be able to do that step over, you know. So I feel like you know, you know, it's, it's like there's things for people to get better before they move to the next thing. Looks like that storm might be catching up a little with you out there yeah. in, uh, in Orlando. Um, yeah. If uh, if you can hear me, as somebody who coaches people, um, yeah, you're 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 you sounded good there. Um, as, as somebody who coaches the younger crowd, um, you mentioned the sixteen to like twenty one year olds. Uh, what do you think is it? Is it their um, is it that they're just so raw that they get into it and there's there's no fear? Is it uh, creativity at that age? Um, is it the more knowledge that, I mean, are we at a point now where we know more about grappling than ever before and you're putting it into a, an empty uh, canvas and growing from there. What is it that you think leads these, uh, these youngsters to be so good right now? Uh, did we lose him? Well, we may have lost him on there, so we'll yeah. see if he comes back. Um, if he doesn't come back, but uh, just, Obviously, want to wish Ray a happy holidays and a happy new year. Um, this weekend of MMA uh, kicks back up. Uh, actually, we just keep on the sub, uh, submission thing. We got submission underground, uh, as it was mentioned. This uh, is it Saturday or Sunday night? That's Sunday. We got. Uh, I mean, obviously, the weekend's uh, pretty. We should probably uh, talk about Bellator. See if Ray can come back, but uh, we should probably talk about the upcoming weekend oh. stuff. Oh, there oh, he goes. Hello. You're yeah. back. So I don't. I don't know if you heard the question. Uh, since I got you back here, I'll hey. ask it. Um, Boom. <laughs> uh, I was asking, as somebody who uh, who teaches the younger generation of fighters, like you do, can you hear me? Yeah, we're losing you, Ray. But um, so oh, <laughs> we got you submission go. underground on. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm back. Yeah, that that faded. moment passed. That we're. Oh, okay. Okay. So what do you think it is about the young generation? Uh, is it creativity? Is it uh, just knowledge? Is it an empty canvas and willing to do anything? What, what do you think is uh, leading to these, this young generation of, of submission grapplers? Oh, man. That's, that's – I would say that maybe it's a combination of, of, of what do you call it, uh, um, coaching – I feel like there are certain people jujitsu I feel now has become such a, a or baseball or baseball. Oh, 
my, my... <laughs> no we, you keep breaking up yeah we're, we're fading out of there a oh. little bit we, we might have to save that one oh. uh <laughs> can you hear me no let's, let's yeah. perfectly yeah, yeah. so we're, we'll uh Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, you're no, breaking up. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up with that on the next time. But uh, we're going to move on real quick, just uh, the action for this weekend. Uh, Friday night kicks off the uh, support for the Troops card uh, for Bellator Hawaii. Um, that, uh, again, is Friday night on Paramount and DAZN. Uh, Josh Barnett uh, and uh, Hani Marks in the heavyweight main event. Barnett makes his Bellator debut after a, a little bit of time away from the sport. Also the debut of Eric Perez, who's come over from Combate um, and, and a top uh, women's bout contender bout Vida Ortega coming off of her uh, title loss uh, at Bellator. Uh, gosh, I think it was, uh, it was either 219 or 220 um, to uh, Alima McFarlane uh, oh, faces cool. Alejandra Lara, uh, one of the other former title contenders uh, for oh. the fly, women's flyweight belt. It looks like we lost Ray. He might have signed out there. Yeah. He's having uh, some weather issues down there in yeah. South Florida or Central Florida. Uh, Taiwan Claxton also returns uh, on the main card on Friday night. So- I have a feeling we're going to get like a lot of announcements out of that event. You know, like um, like uh, stuff for 2020. Obviously, I mean, and then after that is the Japan card. But the the one Friday is the USO card with uh, Barnett and Ronnie Marks, the headliner, right? That's the Friday night, yeah. The, yeah. the Barnett Marks, um, and then uh, and then Saturday. I think you're right about getting a lot of announcements. Uh, Saturday uh, move in. That's the Alimale McFarland headlining uh, in her in her home state of Hawaii against Kate Jackson. Uh, the continuation of the uh, featherweight Grand Prix. Uh, AJ McKee Jr. Derek Campos, which uh, is an intriguing fight. Um, those are really the top two on Saturday night. I think we'll start getting announcements. I know the January uh, event quietly, the cyborg butt event. Uh, we got the uh, Caldwell uh, Boric fight. Uh, and, and I think we'll uh, maybe get some locations uh, for some of the other events. Uh, actually, you know, find out if they're, they're more your direction uh, for some, for some of the fights uh, post uh, post January. But, you know, Bellator did a great in Hawaii last year, so I expect the same from him this year. Uh, if if Ali Malay continues to win, she'll continue to build as a star. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll be interesting to see if we end up with Liz Carmouche signing with Bellator. Her and uh, Ali Malay are good friends, so I'd be curious to see how that unfolded um, if, if Carmouche ends up at Bellator after uh, this last uh, kind of you know, hokey cut by the, by the UFC of her, of her contract (laughs) weeks ago. Yeah. But, uh, there's that. And then, uh, and then the UFC, uh, is on late, uh, is actually late Friday night. So this will be in between the events. Uh, Frankie Edgar, uh, steps in the late, late replacement and will face the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung, uh, Vulcan. We we got Ray back. I don't know if he can hear us though. He he still looks chopped. What's up? (laughs) I'm good now. We're, we're, what are we talking about now? Bellator Hawaii. What are we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. We're just kind of going through. Uh, I don't know if you have any comments on any of the fights. We're just kind of reading through it. Like UFC uh, 245, we went a little long chatting about 245. So yeah. uh, uh, we gotcha. follow the trend there. But um, yeah, I mean, just the UFC card. Hey. <laughs> uh, like is it the return of the Korean Zombie versus Frankie Edgar? Great featherweight fight. Uh, return of the Korean Superboy, uh, Duho Choi. Uh, super exciting yeah. young fighter who just finished his um, military. Uh, uh, in Korea, you, you essentially have, have to serve some time in the military. So he's finished his uh, his service there, and he returns to the cage. Um, just a really, really good action. And then, and then Sunday night, uh, submission underground. So right before Christmas, uh, the two Bellator cards, UFC cards, submission underground, yeah. a lot, a lot of action for the combat fans. Um, there's also hey. a boxing, boxing yeah. match this Saturday night. So right. a real, really, going on. really quick. What's your, uh, opinion on, on Gilbert Burns being so goddamn he's, it's like every other week. Well, him and Gordon Ryan pretty much. Right. And Craig Jones, I guess we might as well throw in there too. The whole month of December, they've competed in almost everything that's high profile. Every every week, yeah, they've been awesome. But you know, hey, you know, actually, don't sleep on one guy that I was super impressed with was Sean O'Malley. Had the Sean mm. O'Malley had a great quintet like that. Yeah, he did awesome in quintet. I was like, damn, look 
Get him, please. But yeah, I mean, Gilbert Burns is is he's tough. Gilbert is super tough. Like like he's one of those guys that, and he, I mean, he's one of those guys that you'll see certain people excel in certain areas. Like Gary Tonin is is doing well in grap in, in MMA right now. Um, yeah. But with no disrespect to Gary, he's going to be – he's a, a stud. I love Gary Tony. He's a phenomenal grappler. You know, he's obviously a, a beast in submission grappling. In MMA, he's coming up. He's a few fights off. And then, like, I like to kind of see him fight some of the American fighters who are, who are definitely a lot um, – like, there's some good uh, J- Japanese MMA fighters. And, Matt, you probably have more of a, a knowledge on some of those fighters out there um, over in 1FC and stuff like that. But – I, Gary's good, but I would like to see him fight some guys like, you know, an MMA and stuff like that who are good. Gilbert Burns is that dude who is like winning these jiu-jitsu yeah. events and does well in MMA. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a guy that, you know, you know, that, you know, that, you know, I, I think that he's one of those guys that you can't like, just kind of like, like sleep off. But he's, yeah, he's a beast. I mean, good on him for going out there. It's yeah. constantly nonstop winning his fights. He uh he was beating himself up over the Polaris decision, but uh I still yeah. thought that was a great match. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's I but everyone's always hard on themselves. I mean, myself included. So, um, but the fact that he's on that submission uh, underground card, him as a replacement for for because uh, it was supposed to be Craig Jones and Dean Lister, and now it's uh, Craig Jones and and yeah. uh. Gilbert Burns. Gilbert. So uh, initially, who did you think who did you think uh, would have won if if the fight didn't fall through, like between Dean Lister and Craig Jones? I mean, because I feel like Dean Lister is like the I don't want to say the original leg lock guy, but he's like the old school oh, one of the no, guys that, that I would say Dean uh, is the original leg lock guy. And here's the thing about Dean. I mean, why it was so massive that Barnett tapped him out and he lost to somebody else, obviously. I, I don't see like Craig's best way to finish him would be leg attack. You're not leg. You're not finishing Dean Lister with a leg attack. I, just, I mean, even at, at this age, his age now, you're not. I don't. Th- you're not finishing him with a leg attack. Um, he's just so jiu-jitsu. Um, I, I, I see. I, I would have seen Dean winning that fight. It would have been probably maybe Craig would have won like on a decision, but um, but Dean would have probably won submission wise over him. Do you think? Uh, do you think Burns coming in last minute against Jones is is gonna change like how the match goes? Especially since he's. I mean, they've both been so active. I feel like they had to have been watching yeah, each that, other. That's 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 a, he, he Gilbert Burns. Knows. He's a beast of a guy, and he's not going to be overwhelmed by it. He's been training. He's been fighting. I, I think he's going to do good against like. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to say Craig Jones is going to win that fight, but. But what do you call it? I, I mean, it, it it wouldn't surprise me if Gilbert ends up winning it. You know, I think Gilbert's a better wrestler yep. than Craig Jones, uh, but Craig's mm-hmm. Craig's out those leg locks. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I guess with the leg locks, um, you always wonder if uh, you know a competitor who's also making money in MMA and stuff if you're going to really try to fight it off or if you you know what I mean. I not not that Gilbert Burns is going to tap to something that doesn't really have him, but. I always wonder about about that a little bit. Where where Jones is is more of the, you know, he's the jujitsu circuit right now, the submission grappling circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty yeah. evenly matched. Uh, Lister seems like he would have had a lot of size on on Jones. Uh, I th- Lister, I mean, when I see, I was at the match with him and Barnett, so that was that was a crazy uh, crazy thing. Obviously, Barnett was big in that fight, huge in that fight, but um, but yeah, I, I don't know, I. Uh, Burns has just been crazy. Like you mentioned, he comes off winning a gun, uh, Gunnar Nelson in, in MMA, and then he's out here tapping everybody out. He <laughs> leads, leads the quintet team essentially on his on his back and yeah. and, and wins the, the quintet yeah. title. Uh, you know, so it's interesting. You mentioned Gordon Ryan earlier. Another, uh, you know, he, he, I don't – as an MMA fan, obviously it's cool to see Gonzaga and these guys, but I'd rather see Gonzaga against uh, another MMA guy. When you put him in there against the world's best grappler, uh, I feel like, I mean, are we, we're in for another, what, 30-second leg submission? I mean, is this Ali, uh, Olianek 2? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, uh, probably. Who knows? I mean, uh, that's a good, the, the cool thing about those submission underground, their, their gimmick is like they they always get like a good grappler against a good uh, MMA guy who's got a strong grappling background. So um, that's that's what draws me to it. Plus, it's got the, the tag team jiu-jitsu that, that Ray brought up a little uh, while ago. 
and uh, the pacing of the submission on the ground cards. I just love it. You know, like a lot of these like Polaris and, and Quintet and stuff. Uh, like I had to actually watch the final matches of Quintet the next day because they went so late. But submission on the grounds, it'll start like at 7 on my, seven p.m. my time and it'll be done by 8.30, 9 o'clock. You know, like just the pacing is great. So, yeah. I definitely like it. I'm looking forward to see. I'm looking forward to And um, Ryan has been talking about going into MMA, and I don't know if he still has that plan. And he said, I mean, mm-hmm. and you know, the one thing about all the arrogance people talk about him, he's one of guy, he's like, you know what? It's going to take me a couple of years to get to the level to be at that. Get strike down. He's like, I, I'm here with Don or her, and he's like a, the phenomenal mind of like combat. So I appreciate, I applaud the fact that he's not that cocky guy that feels like he's just going to jump into it because he's still trying to accomplish what he's trying to do. I really think mm-hmm. he's trying to get that God of all fight, you know, and, and that he's, he's a good Jitsu black belt, too. He's, you know, good. I, I want to see how Gordon is going to do against the guy's size because I mean, what is that? Like, Two hundred and fifty easily. You know, he's a big yeah, boy. A big so dude. Gordon, I yeah. think, was like, yeah, he's like Gordon's like two hundred and twenty, give or take, anywhere between two hundred and fifteen to me. So I mean, it'd be good to see how he deals with a big grappler um, of that size who has MMA experience, kind of knows how to get close to the wall. You know, that kind of stuff like that. So those things are. Yeah, it'll be interesting, but um, like again, a lot of action this weekend. Um, and then uh, after this weekend, obviously, we got the Christmas break, and then and then it's uh, Fedor sweater weekend, uh, with his big uh, (laughs) battle with uh, with Rampage. We'll do do a preview of that, uh, when uh, the week probably that week of right the week yeah probably yeah. probably right before the the event that event i believe falls on the 29th so, so uh you know it's always a always a good time to end the end the year with some japanese mma and, and yeah. bellator throwing in the mix so we'll talk about that uh until then uh nice. fans can follow us at combat hour on twitter coast to coast combat hour on instagram you can follow ray at base b-a-s-s-g-j-j ray uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, follow myself at MMA Hawk twenty one on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, gentlemen, uh, Ed, I'll be talking to you. Ray, have a great Christmas, happy holidays, happy New Year, uh, and uh, look forward to talking to you uh, again in the near future. All right, cool. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me again. It's always a blast. Thank you for you know, having the best podcast. I love you guys' podcast. So uh, thank you, man. See you guys next year. All right. All right cool. See you. Take care. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on youtube and anywhere you listen to podcasts also if you'd like to help us out and donate uh the support links are in any of the uh podcast descriptions and then some the links are also provided on our youtube channel the blogboard jungle um thanks again for listening and if you give us some support we'll give you a shout on the podcast maybe uh bring you on for a ufc pay-per-view breakdown or two thanks again